the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get this going here. Almost four o'clock. Ready? We'll synchronize our watches. It's going to be four o'clock in 12 seconds. 10 seconds. I guess we don't need to synchronize. They're, they're synchronized now anyway, aren't they? It's going to be four o'clock in five, four, three, two. It's four o'clock in Southern California. I'm Bob Lapine on Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ, the Tuesday afternoon edition. Thanks for being along. We are, uh, we, we've been having a conversation about movies and about Hollywood, and Ted Baird joined us uh, re- in the last hour. I, I want to wrap this up, I'll, although I'll say this. If you're in the industry, I'd love to have you call in and talk about your experience in the industry. If you work for one of the studios, if you're working in film production, I'd, I'd just love to hear what you're doing and what the climate's like and what, what you feel like is going on. We were talking about movies that we recommend and, and share with friends and, and we'll wrap that up. Cause I got something else I want to talk about this afternoon, but uh, I, I did want to mention, I was involved. I served. If, if you go to IMDB, do you know what IMDB is? The internet movie database, imdb.com and search for me. I'm on there. I'm listed as an executive producer for a film that I helped uh, write and produce in 2018 that was in theaters, a movie called Like Arrows. Uh, You can't stream it now, I don't think. I don't think it's online for streaming, but the DVD is out, and you can buy that on Amazon. Maybe it'll get streaming again at some point. Maybe some of you saw Like Arrows, but anyway, I just thought you should know. I I have a screenwriting credit and an executive producer credit, and I had a cameo in the film. All you see are my hands and my bald spot, and you hear my voice. I'm the delivery room doctor in the opening, one of the opening scenes in the film. Okay, so check that out when you're watching Like Arrows the next time it comes up. But uh, we've had lines open, and Evelyn's going to join us. 888-52-TALKS is the number. Evelyn in L.A., you wanted to comment on uh, on a movie that you've seen or one you want to recommend? Hi, hi, how are you? Good, glad to have you along. Oh, I can hear the background there. you got to turn your radio down, Evelyn. Okay, sorry. I wanted to uh, just uh, comment on the comment you said uh, regarding uh, Mel Gibson, that the movie Passion of the Christ was a little uh, graphic, but if we, you know, if we go to Isaiah, they even said, you know, that they ripped his beard. Um, it was even more graphic, but I believe he left a lot of it out. Um, and we, we should know that because we know that he paid all the price. And, and to see that, honestly, I, it's a big graphic it is, but we, we can't even imagine it, even more what he went through. And um, it's for us not to go to hell. So I, I believe that it, it was something that we needed to see so we can actually figure and a bit of what he suffered for our, for our sins. I remember turning away uh, as I was watching the film and thinking, I, I don't want to watch it. Closing my eyes, did not want to see it. My wife has not seen the film and, and does not want to see the film. And I've thought, 
maybe maybe you should just to see the horror of this and yet i also don't want to tra- traumatize and and we ought to be traumatized by this so i i understand uh the the thoughts on that evelyn appreciate your calls and um or your call and and your your comments about mel gibson's film and again we'll we'll wrap up our conversation on movies unless you're if you're listening and you're in the industry and uh you want to share with us your experience in the industry uh, we'd love to have you uh join us 888-52-TALKS is the number but i here's what i want to talk about this hour um i want to talk about the state of of theology in the american church and and part of what prompted this for me was an article that i read this week that uh this i think this was the american bible society that released a a new yeah, it was the American Bible Society released a new uh, 2022 uh, State of the Bible report. They did a, a survey of uh, 2,600 U.S. adults in January. This is the 12th year in a row that they've done this study. They asked them about uh, the Bible and how often they read the Bible, the role of the Bible in society, in the in the report, the preface to the report, uh, they highlight the change in the percentage of Bible users in the United States over time. So they define a Bible user as somebody who reads the Bible three to four times a year on their own outside of a church setting. So obviously, that's not a high bar. I mean, we would say a Christian ought to be reading the Bible three to four times a week outside of the church setting. The The Bible society is saying, well, well, we'll drop the bar down way low. How many people are reading three to four times a year outside of a church setting? Back in 2014, that's when we reached a high. 53% of people in the United States said they read the Bible three or four times or more a year outside of a church setting. Now, again, that's a pretty low bar to, to handle, but more than half of the people in America say, yeah, I, I pick up the Bible and read it a couple of times a year. That number has stayed the same, 53. It's been between 48 and 53 for a while. Last year, 50% of Americans uh, reported, when I say last year, I mean 2020, when they did the survey in 2020, 50% of Americans did the survey, excuse me, they were they were surveying about 2020. They did it in January, 2021, 50% of Americans. But here's the, here's the news. When they did the survey in January this year and asked how many people had read the Bible three to four times outside of church in the past year, the number had dropped to the lowest rate in more than a decade, 39% of the adult population. In the middle of COVID, people aren't reading the Bible. An 11% decrease in Bible usage, which the American Bible Society described as an unprecedented drop in the percentage of Bible users in the United States. 
If you apply that to the U.S. population as a whole, we would say that the number of people reading the Bible, uh, adults, three or four times a year or more outside of church, went from 128 million people in 2020 to 103 million last year. The group labeled Bible users consisted of Americans who read the Bible outside of church, again, infrequently. 10% of U.S. adults say they read the Bible every day, 10%. 4% say they read it four to six times a week, 7% two to three times a week, 5% once a week, 7% once a month. More than half of Americans use the Bible less than three or four times a year. 60% of Americans right now aren't opening the Bible four times a year. Most of those surveyed, 40% of them said they never read the Bible on their own. 12% say they read it once a year, 8% once or twice, twice or more a year. So four in 10 Americans are ignoring the Bible. Which is interesting when you stop and you consider the number of people who would say they are Christians. Uh, I would say that when a person is genuinely converted through the power of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that God does is he stirs in that person a desire and a passion to want to know God's word, to read God's word, to study God's word. If that desire and passion is not in you, I don't know the state of your soul or the state of your heart, but I would say to you, you need to examine yourself to say, what is the state of my soul? Because people who know Jesus love his word, want to study his word, want to know him better, want to grow in their understanding of God's word. And if some of you who are listening would fall into that category of people who don't crack open the Bible outside of church, you you just don't. And I think you got to stand back and say, so is my faith real? I mean, if somebody came to me and said, I said to them, are you married? And they say, yeah, I'm married. So how often do you and your wife sit down and talk? Oh, we almost never. Well, tell me about your marriage, right? I mean, something's not right there. If you guys are having no communication and, and the Bible is the, the primary way that God communicates to us in our day his Holy Spirit takes his word and applies it to our hearts. So if, if you're not spending any time in the Bible, folks, listen, you just need to pull back and say, is this thing for real in my life? Do I really know and love Jesus? And you, you may have prayed a prayer. You may have walked an aisle. You may have thrown a stick in the fire at camp. Uh, you may even go to church regularly. But if there's no connection with God outside of an hour and a half on Sunday morning, 
If there's no hunger, no desire to know him and to study his word, you, you got to wonder what's really going on there. I, I remember, so, so my own story, I had about a three or four year period in my late teens, early twenties, where I was uh, going to church. I was involved in a, a parachurch ministry, was um, involved in helping to, to try to lead others to Christ. But I look back on that period of time and I think, I don't think I was genuinely converted during that time. I think I saw a crowd of people that I liked, and I thought, this is my group, my tribe. I want to hang around with them. I'm accepted. I fit in here. I think that was what was animating most of what I was doing. And and I had a guy who called me out at one point. He said, uh, we were in a Bible study, and I was sharing my thoughts and opinions about stuff, which would just wildly uninformed. And he came up to me after the Bible study, and he said, I don't think you get it. I said, wait, what do you mean? I don't get it. And he said, could, could we get, could we get together? I want to talk to you. And, and he took me to the Bible and here's what he showed me that I had never seen before. I, I had a view of sin that sure. I'd done a few things wrong. I mean, I cheated on a Latin test in high school. I'd lied to my parents about some stuff. I, I knew I hadn't lived a perfect life, but I thought I'd lived a mostly good life. And I guess I'd I'd heard Jesus died for your sins. So I thought, okay, so I've done a few bad things. I guess Jesus had to die for that. But I I saw myself as a mostly good person who had done a few bad things and who decided be a good idea to be on God's team. Well, this guy takes me to Romans chapter three, where it says, there's none righteous. No, not one. Nobody seeks after God. He says, this is talking about you. And God, by his Holy Spirit, opened my eyes to see the reality and the depth of my sinfulness, my rebellion, my pride, my arrogance, basically to show me I wanted to run my own life. I didn't want to surrender anything to God. And that was a turning point. And one of, the, one of the ways I knew that was a turning point in my life was out of that experience, out of, out of that conversation, out of that moment, I had this fresh hunger, this increased desire to want to, want to read the Bible, to know God, to study the Bible, not just read the Bible, but to study, to dig deep, to get in and understand this. Six in 10 Americans never crack open the Bible outside of church. The American Bible Society says there has been a major decrease in Scripture engagement. Uh, They estimate the number of Scripture-engaged Americans. These are people who read the Bible regularly. That number has dropped from 64 million down to 49 million. The number of Bible disengaged Americans went from 100 million to 145 million. People are are ignoring, neglecting the Bible. That's what this is all about. And as a result, and by the, by the way, this is church people who are doing this. There are 
a lot of these people are going to church every week, but outside of church, nothing's going on. And if again, if that's you, you, you need to just pull back and go, am I right with God? Okay? Because one of the evidences of being right with God is a hunger to know God and a hunger to know his word. So here's what I want us to do. I'm going to give you a quiz this afternoon, uh, a quiz, a theology quiz. Now, let, let me just stop right here, because some of you just heard theology quiz, and, and some of you are like, bring it on, bro. I'm ready. Come on. You're, you're, you're one of the, the Theo bros, all right? It's like, yeah, let's do this. You're throwing down the gauntlet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score a perfect score on this. Okay, well, let me just say that that's a good thing. Theology matters, and I want you to get these things right. But I also want you to know that First uh, Corinthians chapter 8 says, knowledge puffeth up, so relax, okay? This isn't just about how smart you are. This is about getting to know God. So some of you are like, bring it on. Some of you are like, theology. Do we really have to talk about theology? I mean, can't we just talk about Jesus? Well, hang on. <laughs> do, do you understand that as soon as I say, okay, so you say, let's talk about Jesus. And I say to you, well, who is Jesus? Whatever your next answer is, that's your theology. You get that, right? Does that make sense? If I say, who's Jesus? And you say, well, he's the eternal son of God, the second person of the Trinity. That's theology. So any anything that we talk about as we talk about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about salvation, we're talking theology. I, I'm not talking about minutia. I'm talking about stuff that is at the core of what we say we believe as Christians. And Sadly, the state of theology in our culture today and in our churches today is, is about as dismal as the state of Bible reading in our country today. We are a, a theologically um, inept church. I, I'm with no offense to my fellow pastors. I'm a pastor. I have great respect for pastors, and I have great respect especially for those pastors who take their understanding, their, their, their desire to pastor and to teach the Bible seriously. But with respect to my fellow pastors, there are a lot of pastors in our world today who are less theologically informed than many laymen and women were back 200 years ago. Churchgoers 200 years ago knew more about theology than a lot of people in our world today. And the state of theological understanding is dismal, and it's a problem in our world. And so I'll have this quiz, and we'll go through the quiz here in a little bit, but you... I just, I'm curious, do you agree with that? Do you think I'm right in that premise that the state of theological understanding is dismal and that that matters? Or would you say, no, I don't think it's as big de- a big deal. Number to call is 888-52-TALKS, 
888-528-2557. We've got lines open and uh, Nancy is on the line with us from LA. Nancy, thanks for calling this afternoon. Sure. How are you doing? Oh, uh, yes. Hi, I'm just calling because I heard what uh, you said about the Bible being theology, uh, you know, about uh, Christianity. But uh, it's true. The Bible, what the Bible said, Jesus, uh, God did send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all humanity, for all our sins. Uh, that way we don't have to go to hell and we can be in eternal and live eternal life with Jesus in heaven. And, you know, he paid a big price, Jesus Christ, for, like I said, all humanity, so we don't have to go to that awful place. So what you've just said, you understand what you've just said is theology, right? Yes, I understand what you said. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think anything we say about God, about Jesus, about what we believe, that's theology. And we should not be put off by, by wanting to know and wanting to study theology. We should, in fact, it ought to be a desire and a passion of our heart. Do you agree? Well, I mean, I understand what you say, but but the Spirit is the one that, that, that leads us, you know, for us to be a change in our life. And, you know, there's a lot of sin, and, um, you know, God is, Jesus Christ is the only one that can change our lives for the better, you know? So I, 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 mean, I would is, agree with that 100%. I'm just saying getting to know Jesus requires that we embrace. And, and listen, I'm not talking about theological arguments on on minor secondary issues. I'm talking about us knowing the God who is presented to us in the Bible, and I think that's being neglected in our church today. Uh, Nancy, thanks for your call. I I appreciate it. we got to take a quick time out here. 888-52-TALKS is the number. We've got the theology quiz coming up, and we'll take more of your calls Uh, after we take this time out as your Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. 888-52-TALKS is the number. We're talking about whether theology matters, whether it's important whether the state of theology in our world today, in our churches today, is dismal, as I would suggest to you it is. And I think that does matter, and I think it's something we should pay attention to. We're taking your calls at 888-52-TALKS. Annette is joining us from Simi Valley. Annette, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bob. It's nice to be on with you. I love your voice, and I listen to oh. a lot on... Uh... Early in the morning, when you used to be on the family show, I used to listen. Yeah, to on family life, on, on family life today. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed listening to you. Anyway, um, when you were talking, I was thinking about how little people read the Old Testament, and if you look at Proverbs, for instance, you remember you talked about knowledge. Knowledge isn't important to God because it's in the context of not being the first thing. And if you go to Proverbs 1 and verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wisdom, will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb, the words of the wise and their riddles. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So before you even think about having knowledge, you should fear God. But how do you do that? Yes. You've got to know God first, 
And so you go to his character. Where do you find the character of God? You find it in Numbers. I think it's 34 or something like that. And so you can't ignore the Old Testament to get to know God, to understand what he wants from us. The whole duty of man is actually in the Old Testament. And I'm not saying the New Testament isn't something I read. I read the whole Bible. But I think it's. I think that's one of the reasons why we're not growing um, in the churches, is we're not reading the Old Testament enough. Yeah, I, I think a part of our biblical illiteracy is because there is a, a lack of understanding of the Old Testament. Now, I would say, if I'm sitting down with somebody who's brand new to the Bible, I would say, here's where you start. You start with the Gospels, and you get to know Jesus first, and then you you follow that with reading the epistles, the book of Acts and the epistles, and read about how the early church uh, learned how to live in light of the life of Jesus, his death and burial and resurrection. And then I think you have to proceed to the whole understanding of the story of redemption, which includes the Old Testament. And I think there are a lot of people who don't understand the nature and character of God. And, and you mentioned the fear of God. You know, a lot of people, you read the New Testament, and it's easy to think that God is all mercy and grace because that message comes loud and clear in the New Testament and and God is full of mercy and grace, but there is also a holy and righteous God who needs to be feared. And if you haven't read your Old Testament, you're probably not going to see that as clearly. And so it's important for us, if we're going to know God, to know him in all of it. The whole counsel of God, all Scripture is inspired and profitable. And that means from Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. And Annette, I agree with you, and I appreciate your call. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jay is in Carlsbad. Jay, thanks for calling in. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, too, have heard you on Family Life before. Um, And I agree with you and the previous caller. But I think there's something here. I think you're maybe framing the question wrong because... I've learned that the Bible is more than just a book of knowledge. It is God himself. In fact, John 1 teaches us, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's interesting how John frames his gospel. You talked about the importance of uh, reading the gospel and understanding who Jesus is. That, I believe, is critical I do an email uh, online uh, ministry every day, and that's where I go first when I'm talking to people who are seeking to know Jesus. And so I think reading the Bible is the most important thing to having a relationship with God. And, uh, in fact, it is God, the Holy Spirit's job to teach us as we read the Bible. So it, when you're talking about theology and understanding theology, I, I think there's some theologi- theologians who caused problems in the Christian church through their ideas about what God is saying sometimes. And so it's just in my mind, I, you know, I have a few people in mind that way, but um <laughs> I think we I can imagine careful. I can imagine who some of those people in history might be that you think uh, shared their opinions and got things a little messed up. Uh, might might have names like John Calvin maybe. 
Yes, that's it exactly. <laughs> he's a person I don't agree with theologically. Because he's well, God to be an arbitrary, you know, decision maker or something. I, I don't so, I don't I don't So this know. this is where we could I mean we could veer off here and have a, a an extended conversation and and I'll just put my cards on the table. I I think Calvin got more right than he got wrong. He didn't get everything right, but I would be more in his camp than away from his camp. And I'll I'll say this, that that doesn't, in my mind, that doesn't mean that you and I aren't brothers in Christ, the fact that we don't see that the same way. But it does say to me, we need to be, both of us, diligent to pursue what does the Bible teach in this area, not so that we can say, I'm smarter than you, but so we can say, here's what the Bible tells us about the character and nature of God. That's what our pursuit is. If your pursuit is knowledge or ammunition for a theological debate, you're, you're approaching this wrong. But if you say, I want to know the God who is, who has revealed himself in the person of Christ, in the Gospels, the, the God who is, who has revealed himself in the inspired writings of, of the, the epistles, that's what we should be headed toward this for. So I think you're right. The, the fundamental question is, where are we with Christ? And, and we should keep coming back to that. But I think we also need to keep coming back to, are we growing in our knowledge and understanding of God? And the Bible takes us there. And yes, theology can be off-putting and divisive. And, and I, I have seen that happen, sadly. Um, when, and here's, here's what I think happens. I think what happens is people take secondary theological issues and they make them primary theological issues. They say, if you don't agree with me on this, then we can't be brothers. You know, you, whether it's the, the gifts of the Spirit, or it's baptism, or whatever it is, people just kind of, they'll divide over secondary issues. Eschatology, if you don't believe that this is when Jesus is coming, those are secondary issues. We, we've got to be united on the primary issues, which that's the gospel. Now, with that said, I think we pursue the secondary issues and try to seek understanding, but we do it charitably, and we don't turn that into division. And and that's where I see the differentiation. Jay, do you have thoughts on that? Yes, that's the key, charitability. Jesus, we should imitate Jesus. He never uh, lorded his knowledge over people. He looked into the heart of people and saw what they needed and spoke that way. And we should love one another. And if we disagree, it's fine to have a spirited debate, but put it out, like you say, put your car and say, okay, uh, I love you as a brother. Let's talk about this. And if we disagree, that's fine. Yeah, I, I remember a friend of mine coming to me when, when our church got started, and he said, so are, are you one of those reformist kind of people? And I said, well... Yeah, I, I think the reformers got it right. And he said, oh, I've, I've met your type. And, and what he meant was he'd met people who were obnoxious and who were proud and who were belligerent and who, if you didn't agree with them, then they, they dismissed you as being a rube. And I thought, no, that's not what the Bible teaches me. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's not charitable kindness, generosity. These are These are evidences of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think sometimes in our quest for theological understanding, we get, this This happened to me as I was learning and growing. And as I continue to learn and grow, it's easy for you to get into a kind of a, a 
position of pride. You learn something and you go, man, this is exciting. And now you feel like you're superior to people who don't agree with you or don't, <laughs> you've got the right answer and they don't. Yeah. We, we, we got to be That's careful with all of that. Thought, really. But yes, that's true. Jay, I appreciate your yeah. call. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Cynthia is on the line in L.A. Cynthia, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You, uh, you know, the lady that called before, and she was talking about reading the Old Testament. I read it as well, but see, you cannot have one book without the other. Hmm. Um, it says that, that God's Word is inspired. There's a famous painting by Caravaggio, and he's uh, he depicts one of the disciples sitting down and writing uh, one of the books of the Bible, and he's standing behind him, an angel directing his hand and uh, showing that God is breathing on the Word. And the problem lately, I feel that doctrine is watered down, and a lot of Christians don't know when they're being fed uh, partial truths because they never open their Bible and read it for themselves. And yeah. if they got into the Word of God they would catch on fire and be more hungry because the more you read, the more you want to know. And I'll ask readers that are Christians to please read Colossians 3, the entire book, um, and see what the Word of God says about how we're supposed to live as Christians. And um, just uh, thank you for putting this topic out today. I know that we often uh, hit heads together when we're saying, uh, that, you know, uh, I believe this or I believe that. But see, if we uh, knew the Bible, then we could discern the things that are going on around us. So I just encourage uh, read, uh, believers to get out there, read their Bible. And if you don't want to read it by yourself, get into a good teaching that will you'll follow along with your Bible open at the same time. Thank you yeah, I, I think that's great advice, Cynthia. Thank you for calling and thanks for sharing that. And I, I'll just, I'll agree with you. I, I just spent uh, three days with a group of pastors in Nebraska, and we spent our time in Colossians chapter three and uh, just spent the whole weekend kind of looking at what that passage has to say to those of us who are pastors. But I think we have to recognize before you get to Colossians three, there's Colossians 1 and 2. And, and here's, here's part of, so, so just give me a sec on this. In a lot of the epistles, as you read, you, you read uh, what are called the imperatives, where the Bible says, do this, don't do that. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, or, or you must put on kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, meekness. It, it gives you directions on how to live. Those are called the imperatives of Scripture. But before the Bible gets to the imperatives of Scripture, it gets to what are called the indicatives of Scripture, and that's what, what, G, what God's done for us in Jesus. And it's important for us that we never get to the imperatives without first understanding what God has done for us in Christ, because it's easy for us to take the imperatives and turn the Bible into a book of, of uh, rules, which is not what it's intended to be. In fact, there's a, a a professor of sociology at Notre Dame, a guy named Christian Smith, who years ago said a lot of people, uh, when they read their Bible, what they come away with is not the biblical gospel. They come away with what he called moralistic therapeutic deism. So they, they come, here's what they come away with. There's a God who loves you. He wants 
you to have a good life. And if you'll just follow the rules, that's, that's how it'll go for you. Okay. If you think that's the message of the Bible, you've missed it. That, that's not what the Bible is trying to teach us, that there's a God who loves you and he wants the best for you. And if you'll just follow the rules, you'll get that. No, it, it's much more specific than that. We, we need to know the God who is, who is involved in our life. We need to know what he has done for us. We need to see that, that uh, what the message of the gospel is. And then we live our lives in response to that, not thinking I got to keep my end of the bargain or God's going to get mad at me. I, I could go on, but we got to take a, a quick time out. Numbers, uh, the, the phones are open at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're talking about the importance and the state of theology in the church, in our world today. Does it matter? What do we need to be doing? Bible reading is down in our world today. Fewer Christians are reading the Bible. Fewer Christians know key issues of theology. I'm not talking about the the minutiae. I'm talking about the central stuff. We'll talk more about it after this break as your Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live, Tuesday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine. 888-52-TALKS, the number to call, 888-528-2557. We're talking about theology. We're talking about whether it matters. We're talking about the fact that American Christianity is theologically bereft, illiterate. Uh, I'm going to pause on that subject just for a second to let you know. You know that yesterday a a judge in Florida ruled that... um, the, that the mask mandate on public transportation was uh, illegal. They, they dismissed it, said you, you don't have to wear masks on airplanes anymore. Uh, the Biden administration has announced they will appeal the ruling to overturn that, that overturned the mask mandate. So they're going to they're going to go back to court to try to get masks reinstated. Here's what they've said. They're, they're not going to do it immediately. They're they're not saying that you need to put your masks back on, but they're saying they are going to go to court and appeal on as a matter of law. They believe that it is right for the CDC and public health officials to have the power to enforce things like mask mandates and that it should be health officials and not the courts making the judgments about what's right. So anyway, just so you know, it's being appealed. I thought I'd add that to your afternoon. All right. So, so anyway, talking about theology, that's what we've been talking about this afternoon, whether it does matter. I promised you a little theological quiz. And when I talk about theology, let me, let me give you some propositional statements and tell me if you agree. These are theological statements. So here's the first one. And by the way, these, I should mention the source of these. This is from Ligonier Ministries in Florida. Ligonier Ministries was founded by R.C. Sproul. Back in 2020, they did a state of theology survey. And I think they do this every two years, so we should be due for one this year, just to see how are we doing in, in theology in our country. Statement number one, 
God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. Is that true or false? Okay, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm not seeing your hands. I'm hoping that it's ding, 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 that, you, that you've said that's true. 96% of people who identify as evangelical Christians and who go to church at least once a week, 96% of them said, I agree with that statement. God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. That's, that's true. That's what the Bible teaches. By the way, 50% of all the people polled, which includes churchgoers and non-churchgoers, 50% said that's true. So Christians who read their Bible say, well, yes, of course that's true. People in your, your neighbors who don't go to church, it's a 50-50 on that one. Question number two, there is one true God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. True or false? Again, if you're a Christian, that should be, that should be a no-brainer. And 96% of Christians who go to church at least once a week said, yes, I think that's true. 53% of the general public says, I think that's true. But it, the questions are going to get a little trickier here. Question number three, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. True or false? Well, again, I hope you understand that the Bible says that, I mean, Jesus said this. He said, those who worship the Father worship him in spirit and in truth. And as Christians, we believe that Jesus presented the truth and that Islam and Judaism are incomplete in their understanding of the truth. But here's the number. 44% of evangelical Christians who go to church at least once a week, 44% of them said, no, God does not accept the, the worship of all religions. So you know what that means? 56% of church-going evangelical Christians said that's true. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Okay, now do you see why theology matters? If, if you get that wrong, you've got the gospel wrong. You've got the Bible. You're misrepresenting what the Bible teaches. Here, here's one. We'll see how this shows up this year. Statement number four. God created male and female. True or false? 99% of church-going evangelicals said that's true. Only 65% of our neighbors who don't go to church said that. Or that, that includes those who, that, that's the general population. So that includes the Christians in that 65 number. How are you doing on your, on your theology quiz? You four for four so far? Number five. Biblical accounts of the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. This event actually occurred. 
By the way, we just had a holiday to talk about this. 97% of church-going evangelicals say that's true. 45% of the general population says that's true. Most people don't believe that Jesus came back from the dead. But if you're a Christian, that's that's kind of like that that's first base in the journey. You you can't come to God and surrender your life and say, I, I want to be your child, God. I just don't think Jesus was raised from the dead. You don't understand the gospel. Question six. You you keeping score? You five for five? Okay. Now listen carefully. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Okay, you caught that, right? You're smart enough to know Jesus is not a being who was created by God. With uh, with due respect to our Mormon and Jehovah's Witness friends and other cultists, Jesus is not a created being. He is the eternally existent second person of the Trinity. 30% of church-going evangelicals said that statement is false. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. 30% knew that was false. 70% thought there's at least some truth in that. If you believe that Jesus is a created being, you don't know Jesus. This is why theology matters. So again, I'm, I'm not talking about picky issues. I'm talking about core Christianity, to borrow a phrase. Statement number seven, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. True or false? Again, if you're, if you're a Christian, the answer that has been affirmed throughout the ages is that's false. Only 71% of church-going evangelicals said that's false. 30% said he was a good teacher, but not God. Church-going evangelicals who say that. So, again, you you see the issue. We may pick up on this tomorrow and keep going through the quiz, because I think it's important for us to understand that theology does matter, and we need to be pursuing getting these things right and representing God correctly and representing what the Bible teaches correctly. I know that's what we're committed to here at KKLA. And I hope you're committed to that too and and committed to that at your church. All right, wrapping things up this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back to do it again tomorrow at three o'clock. Hope to see you then. Have a great evening and we'll see you back tomorrow on Southern California Live. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.